hello, hello, and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI, where we're taking a look at NASA. Remember, Noyce, the NASA, it's just NASA. That's it, short and sweet. I learned so many things, and I've got to say, as somebody who's been fascinated with space, this has been a fun episode for me to research, investigar. So I hope you guys are enjoying it and are ready to learn so many new things in the second part as well. All right, so I didn't tell you about NASA's centers. Obviously, they have centers, control centers all over the world. But the most famous ones, the one that everybody knows is obviously in Houston, Mission Control, which is in Houston, Texas. Now, the other one everybody knows too is down in Cape Canaveral, which it's kind of a trick question. It's not Cape Canaveral. It's called Merritt Island, where the Kennedy Space Center is located. And that's where we see a lot of the launches. I remember when I lived in Florida, I was living in Orlando, and it was 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning. 5 or 6 a.m., como decimos. My friends and I had just got back from partying all night. We were dancing, drinking, having a good time. And then we were chilling on my friend's couch in su sofá. De tranquis, as you say. And we turned on the TV and there was a shuttle launch. The word shuttle is transportador. And I said, wow, dude, this is happening here in Florida, right? And let me tell you something. Florida is a huge state. It's like saying, eso pasa aquí en España. Bueno, sí, puede ser Andalucía y vivo en el norte, right? But my friend said, oh, yeah. He says, I'll tell you what, if we go outside, we can see it. And I said, are you kidding me? Now, remember, I'm from New York. We don't see too many rocket launches, cohete, or any shuttles, launches, or anything like that in New York. I mean, we see a lot of airplanes. There's a lot of airplane traffic, but not space shuttles and things like that. So we did. We went outside, and we looked at the morning-slash-night sky. It was dawn. Remember, we looked at that word in the first part. And there it was just ripping across the sky. I was in Orlando, and Merritt Island, the Kennedy Space Center, is hours and hours and hours away. But this thing was so impressive that I could see it from so far away, and it just ripped through the sky. You could tell that it wasn't a plane. Se notaba que no era un avión. If you ever get the chance to see a shuttle launch, do it. I've never seen one up close, but just seeing it from far away was jaw-dropping. Se me caía la mandíbula, as we say. As I said, Florida, then you've got Houston, Texas, but uh, those are the two main ones. But as I said, they're all over the world. There's even a center here in Madrid, in Robledo de Chavela. It's a center that's operated by the Instituto Nacional de Técnica Aerospacial, INTA, which is part of the Deep Space Network. Suena genial, eh? That sounds awesome. The Deep Space Network. And, well, it's associated with NASA. I've met a few people from this center, and I know that they do tours and things like that. It's in Robledo de Chavela, and it's called the Madrid Deep Space Communications Complex. But there are so many connections to shuttles and space travel here in Spain. I mean, everywhere, but here in Spain. Specifically, I remember when I landed at Almería Airport. Now, Almería, you're thinking, well, that's a small little airport. Did you know that that runway, esa pista, can take shuttles, space shuttles? Si, aguanta los transbordadores. 
It was done on purpose, so it's long enough and strong enough so that a shuttle could land. So there are even airports you've been to or places you've been to that are associated to NASA in some way, and you didn't even realize it. Now, the, the center in Madrid is used for tracking and communicating with NASA's spacecraft when they do interplanetary missions. So it's a communication center. But there are centers all over the world, and you could argue about... NASA's budget, su presupuesto, but I have to say, a lot of people are employed because of this agency. All right, and speaking of budget, let's take a look at NASA's budget in 2016. The information I have here is from 2016, and uh, the budget was $19.3 billion that they received from the federal government. And remember, the budget has gone down quite a bit because, well, people don't feel that there's so much of a threat. We're discovering and exploring space, well, so that we can work on new medicines, better communication, learn about different things. And the important part is it seems like everybody's working together now. The United States, NASA, working with the European Space Agency, who's working with others. And in the end, if we all work together, I think that's the secret. And if there's anything we learned from this space race and all of this and all the spending, it's that the best thing to do is work together. All right, we also talked about shuttles, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the shuttle program, transbordador, you say. A shuttle is also una lanzadera, just in case you didn't know that. So if you go to my university, for example, there's a shuttle bus, or if you go to a big place with a lot of parking lots, well then, that's called a shuttle. También puente aéreo, so the shuttle that goes between Madrid and Barcelona. It's a very rich word, shuttle. But today we're talking about space shuttles. And the shuttle program was very successful, if you remember. Uh, it was around from 1972 to 2011. And what they did uh, with the shuttle program is they found a way of using a reusable space vehicle. And not only a reusable space vehicle, but one that could put humans into orbit. And, well, uh, it was successful in general. But again, like many of their missions, two shuttles were lost in disaster. Fourteen astronauts lost their lives on shuttles. And those two shuttles that had tragic fates, destinos tragicos, were the Challenger in 1986. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember sitting down in our basement, nuestro sótano, in my house. The basement was also a playroom. My parents turned it into, convertir en, they turned it into a playroom. So my sister and I would play. And there was a TV and we had our computer there. And I remember we watched this on TV. And when it blew up, when it exploded, I think everybody, just my mom, myself, my sister, we, we all just looked at each other with these faces of shock, like we couldn't believe what just happened. And if you remember, there was a teacher on board as well, which was a, a big step. She was going to be the first teacher in space. And then they had another one in 2003. They had lost the Columbia. So the Challenger in 1986 and the Columbia in 2003. Now, why were shuttles retired? Good question. Well, they did their job. They did what they were designed to do. Well, except in 1986 and 2003, but that's a whole nother story. But they were very dangerous. They were dangerous. I mean, just think about it. You're sitting on this 
tank, which is just full of explosive gas. And also, as with many things in NASA, uh, very expensive. So it was expensive to fly, and it was very dangerous. So it was discontinued. And speaking of expensive, how much do you guys think a spacesuit costs? Hmm, good question, huh? Now, I asked my wife, I said, take a wild guess. To take a wild guess is guess the first number that comes to your head. Like, you have no idea, but just guess anyway. I think she said $250,000, so uh, a quarter of a million dollars. What do you guys think? How much do you think uh, an entire spacesuit costs? Are you ready? It costs a whopping $12 million. Okay, so four astronauts, do the math, $12 million. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why is it so damn expensive? As with many things in space, they have to use these fibers, these special, they even invent their own kinds of fabric, tela, that can resist heat and space. And so there, there's a lot of money spent on R&D, y más de. 70% of the cost of the spacesuit, the NASA spacesuit, is the backpack and the control module. So, uh, you know, if you take out that, well, it'll be a little bit cheaper. But still, wow, $12 million. It's a lot of money. All right, now, there are some people, we got to get to it. I, you know, I don't like to get into conspiracies and all that stuff, but we have to get into it. A lot of people said that we did not land on the moon in 1969 and there are documentaries there are, you know people who have you know spoken publicly about it important people as well and it seems like as the years go by fewer and fewer people believe that we went to the moon in 1969 now i'm not going to share my opinion because that's not important right now but i will say i hope we went i hope it wasn't a sham un engaño I hope it wasn't fake or staged, but when I saw this one documentary called, uh, and write it down, it's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. Now, it's a play on words because it's a Shakespeare play called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. They changed the title and they said, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. I think you can find it on YouTube. If you can't, let me know and I'll send it to you. And it shows a lot of different quote-unquote uh, evidence that uh, the moon landings were faked. And, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to give you my opinion. As I said, this show is not about that. It's more just to get you thinking. But uh, that documentary got me thinking. As we say in English, the wheels were turning. Check it out. It's called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. And it talks a lot about uh, the photographs. It talks about how if there's one light source being the sun, then why are there shadows in different ways? There are a lot of anomalies, as they call them. But as always, look at the information and you be the judge. I also told you I was going to tell you how and why Pink Floyd became the first group in space. It's not because their music is called space rock, which is true. A lot of people have coined the term space rock when they talk about Pink Floyd. Rock del Espacio. And that's a name they hate. They hate being called space rock. So it's not that. It's not because people call them space rock. It's because their music was chosen as the soundtrack, La Banda Sonora, as many of you know, 
astronauts choose music to take up with them as their wake-up call, cuando se despiertan por la mañana, different music to keep them motivated. So the Soyuz 7 crew, the Soviet Soyuz 7 crew, decided to take Pink Floyd's album, Delicate Sound of Thunder. A delicate Sound of Thunder. Now, they didn't take the album, so to speak. They took the cassette. But they didn't take the case. Why? Let's see if you guys can figure out. Why didn't they take the case? You're in space. Wherever you can cut off some extra weight, well, do it. Por el peso. Because of the weight. So they only took the cassette without the case just to reduce weight and they played this at the Mir space station so can you just imagine that you imagine these cosmonauts up there floating around zero gravity and they're listening to pink floyd delicate sound of thunder that's awesome and david gilmore and nick mason two members of pink floyd also found it very very interesting and they went to bajkonur excuse my pronunciation bajkonur to see the launch Pretty interesting. I remember when I was a kid, a friend of mine having a Pink Floyd t-shirt, and it said, first in space, and I never got it until now. It's because their album went up on the Soyuz 7 that will always make Pink Floyd the first band in space. Another thing that fascinates me is space junk. I love talking about this, space junk. Just the fact that we haven't only littered our planet. To litter is tirar basura, pero no en la basura. So we haven't only littered our planet, but we're also littering space. Oh, there's another one, too. Remember, in English, we don't say el espacio. We don't say the space. We say the astronauts went to space. So remember, the NASA, no, and the space, no. Ambos sin el artículo definido. So what is space junk? Well, junk is exactly what it sounds like, basura. And space junk is basura en el espacio. It's any human-made object that is orbiting the Earth to orbit the Earth. A human-made object that no longer serves a useful purpose. O sea, garbage. O como mis amigos ingleses dicen, rubbish. Junk, I think, is a universal word. We call spam junk mail. Cuando venía por correo este tipo de spam... We call it junk mail. So learn that word. It's a very useful word, junk. Just don't eat a lot of junk food. So yeah, what do we do with our garbage when we're done? We just toss it out of the spaceship. That's it. Uh, so scientists estimate that there are, are you ready for this? 500,000 pieces of space junk floating around over our heads. 500,000 pieces. That's a half a million pieces of space junk. I can imagine the astronauts flying through the air over there and they have to dodge junk. To dodge is esquivar. Hey, wait, that reminds me of the M30 in Madrid, la M30. But guys, it's not like the litter on the M30. It's not Coca-Cola cans or McDonald's wrappers. No, 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 no. We're talking about fragments of rockets and satellites. Like serious junk here, <laughs> fragments, fragmentos of rockets and satellites. And, well, even everyday things like a wrench. A wrench is una llave inglesa. Maybe they were fixing the ISS. What does ISS stand for? The International Space Station. And who knows? Maybe the guy dropped a hammer. Se le cayó un martillo. It happens, even in space. 
The cool thing is, since there's no gravity in space, that hammer's gonna fly. So be careful for flying hammers and wrenches and tools in space. There's a lot of junk up there. And I also wanted to look at some idioms and vocab that has to do with space. Now remember, space is not just that thing over our heads, that infinite expanse over our heads, but also space is something you need in life. Think about it now with uh, the coronavirus, with COVID. People need their space, their personal space. So we also use the word space in espacio también, espacio personal, espacio, right, space. It's not just, you know, something that we look up at. I love the word spacey. Now, I don't like Kevin Spacey, so to speak, but I like the word spacey because if you're spacey, estás en el espacio. You are spacey, aturdido, or spaced out is another way to say it. It used to happen to me in class all the time. When I used to get bored in school, I would look out the window and I would space out. Me iba de ahí, me iba al espacio. And I, uh, I remember we say the same thing as you guys. People would say, Earth to Alberto, the teacher. Earth to Alberto, la tierra a Alberto. Earth to Alberto. <laughs> same thing, same thing. Do you guys space out? I, I space out pretty often. I guess you just, you know, you go to another planet, but in your mind. Another idiom that is uh, related to the sky. You say el firmamento. We say that the sky we also have the word firmament, but nobody says it. We say the sky. But a great expression with this is the sky's the limit. That's a beautiful expression. I want you guys to think about that one when you're studying English and you get frustrated. Think the sky's the limit. What does that mean? There is no limit. The sky is infinite. So guys, you determine the limit. The sky's the limit. No, no limits, no use for the stars, no valley too deep. Y mira, hasta en esa canción hablan de las estrellas. No, no limit, no reach for the stars. No voy a alcanzar las estrellas. So reach for the stars. Look, another idiom that just popped up. Ir a por todas. You got to reach for the stars because the sky's the limit. See, that fascination continues into our idioms. I love one. This is one I say to my daughter all the time. And I remember when we were down in Almería, where my father is from, uh, from our balcony, you can see the moon. And I used to tell her every night, I would take her out onto the balcony and I would say, baby, look at the moon. And then I would say, daddy loves you to the moon and back. To the moon and back is te quiero más que todo en este mundo. A la luna y, y la vuelta. So next time, I want you to find somebody today that you love, that you appreciate, and I want you to practice this idiom, and I want you to say, mom, dad, brother, cousin, I love you to the moon and back. It's a great idiom, and it's a te, te quiero a, a pedazos. <laughs> I don't know how you would say it in Spanish. You guys can help me, by the way. If I ever have any questions in Spanish, I'm going to contact you guys. And the last idiom I want to look at is to have a blast. Now, when I think of the word blast, I think of rockets. We said the word liftoff. To lift off is despegar. Well, we can also say to blast off. Remember, if we're talking about planes, we say to take off. But if we're talking about rockets or shuttles or anything that has to do with space, we say to blast off or to lift off. The expression to have a blast is to have a really good time. And that said, I hope you guys had a blast on this episode of FYI. Hang on! 
on, hang on. Bring that music back in. How could I forget about my amigos? Special thanks to Augusto Hernandez for the song, Souvenir. Also, my amigo Nacho for lending me his voice and expertise in editing. Now, the show is officially over. See you next week. Tengo que reconocer que pudo mi curiosidad.